Yo, 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 I am Dustin Mikesell, and this is the Watchmen Inc. Podcast. Are you tired of the deception of the Matrix? Here, we will build a case around God's plan for the mad world, using biblical history and the application of the scriptures to provide hope and truth in our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. What's up, everybody? This is the Watchman Inc. Podcast, and here we are again with another one. And you know who's joining me today? My co-host, my man in Christ, Taylor McCall. How we doing today, buddy? Doing good. Feels good to be back once again. Yeah, great to be back. And this is a wonderful time to be alive because we are truly in the thick of things in the sense of you know the world just continues to truck along with all of its crazy corruption and all of the things that we're seeing happen today and then also you know we uh may get into a little bit more of the bible stuff continuing on what we've been talking about in the past you know the genesis 6 conspiracy and the genesis ordeal of how much is happening in genesis before the great flood and how this spirit and these this mentality has begun to develop on the earth through these ancient civilizations and these practices. Like last episode, we were talking about a man named Bill Cooper. It pretty much was doing what we were doing, but in the 90s. And that's, I think, very relevant even today because you try to find his material and it's very hard to find, which is interesting. You know, if he's such a crazy conspiracy theorist, like they label him when you look up who he is, why wouldn't you just let his videos live online? But for some reason, you know, it's getting harder and harder over the years to find these things. Well, it's been proven time and time again, YouTube has scrubbed files, you know, people's stories and things like that. So it, it changed. I don't know exactly when, but you know, we were kind of around the end of when YouTube wasn't, you know, super sketch and just pretty much hard to verify anything off of it now. And, so it's changed a lot yeah we started what like 2012 like when we got together and we started working and hanging out and we would get off of work and we would just binge watch videos because youtube would they didn't have this algorithm built in because it is kind of sad to see that the information that even just a decade ago you know not long ago but long enough that it's changed that drastically that you pretty much got to almost go back to the books now, like Behold a Pale Horse and stuff by Fritz Springmeier. That's another name. And he's actually a local and his books are insane. Yeah, he was from Oregon City or that's where he was when before he went to like prison for eight years or something. Wait, why like did he that. go to prison? Wait, I forgot. He went to prison. Why did he go to prison? <sighs> I want to say it was... Well, I don't some, remember, some but I think it was tax evasion or something. Oh, of course. No. Of course it was. Yeah. The easiest thing. Yeah. It was something like that. But yeah, he was that's, in there for a decent amount of time. That's crazy. I forgot that he went to jail. And oh, yeah. That long, too? Eight years? <laughs> was okay. it eight years? Well, let me see. So uh, the article says right here. In 2003, Illuminati researcher Fritz Springmeier, the author of the alternative research classics Bloodlines of the Illuminati and the Illuminati formula used to create an undetectable total mind control slave, was sentenced to 12 years in prison on the basis of no evidence. His experience suggests that at any time, the Illuminati can put anyone away who irritates them. So 
yeah, this is like one of those websites where people are like, well, of course, this person writing this is like, you know, for yeah. him, you know, and they're going to say this isn't like ABC News. Well, yeah, because they would have never even had like this guy would have never got the time of day talking about the bloodlines of the Illuminati. <laughs> <laughs> you have to think about this, like the people that own these corporations and the people that are at the top. Mm -hmm. I mean, your little one eyed organizations, the one eye, which is just literally littered in all main media. They're never going to completely come out here and tell you, yeah, we arrest this guy because he's exposing us. Like they, they would never want that covered. They want people to think that these men are crazy. Hence what they did to Bill Cooper. And if you haven't already gone and watched the documentary, you can just find it easily on YouTube. still. luckily, because like I said, people do want this information to stay alive and people like, you know, me and Taylor and other tons of other people, there's this thing called archive.com. And guess what? Once something goes on the internet and somebody that is smart, They'll take that particular piece of material and they'll put it into the archive of all the internet. And so like, that's how actually a lot of tweets that people end up deleting back in the, like, so like Chrissy Teigen, uh, John legend's wife, Ooh, uh, without, you know, name dropping and too hot off the bat. Uh, she has some risque tweets that she had her, and they obviously all got deleted, you know, mm -hmm. and guess what? Even if you delete it, somebody else took a nice little screenshot, click, click and screen recorded or whatever. Cause that's literally like, what? that's what people need to understand is that like, you gotta be careful with what you put on the internet. All of us are susceptible to having our information stolen. That's why, I mean, you, oh, yeah. you, you try to be as safe as you can on these spaces is because you have a million different passwords and all this stuff was because the amount of deception that can happen in the sense of like, I mean, look at all these schemes like of people that will send you an email and say, you owe the cops $5,000 or they're going to come arrest you. And people that aren't well versed that that's like a scam, you know, there's been countless amount of people fall for these scams and all these different things on the internet. So like the oh, internet yeah. is so crazy that if you Man, put something on there, yeah, nowadays. if you put something on there, you better realize that somebody probably screenshotted it. So be careful because if you think that oh, I put it now, but it's going to be gone later. Well, if somebody's seen it and didn't want it to be gone later, all you got to do on your iPhone is press two buttons and pretty much can snap whatever's on the screen. And that's mm -hmm. how I post a lot of my content. I just screenshot stuff. And then essentially, then I have an archive too. So that's why when I tell people on my Instagram, I'm like, Dude, I got to get super organized because when you've been screenshotting for the last 12 years, <laughs> you, can't, you can only imagine the amount of uh, hard drive gigage I have in photo alone, let alone video recording and just other stuff. Yeah. But it's just, what? but it's so, not even conspiracy stuff. It's just like, hey, this article from ABC News, right. I want to see what happened in 2001. And because sometimes, you know, like they don't keep those old of articles. Right. They will archive it because then you can still go find the like like when you would go to a library, it's just pretty much like a public library archive where people would go and be like, I want to find the newspaper articles or different things that were kept for record. You know, lots of stuff is archived. So if you think that your stuff is safe on the Internet, just listen here now. Uh, be careful. And we've all probably posted some risky stuff. Things said whatever. But just know if there's somebody that wants it to not die and they have a very easy way of keeping it alive. And so I think that's what gets a lot of these kind of people in trouble too, is I think they get a bit arrogant and they start posting about stuff or making stuff and thinking, Oh, the general public won't notice it. And then it will just kind of die under the wind, but we still got what we wanted out there for a few. You know what I mean? Mm. It's like movies that like even these cult classics and stuff, these movies are really crazy with, 
the stuff that they're putting inside of the movies with all this biblical attachment of demons, angels, Satan, God, even, you know, the God complex. It's just, it's really all crazy. And mm. so I'm trying um, to think of the really terrible one. Oh, Legion. Did you ever see that movie? Nope. Nope. Well, how bad? It's, <laughs> it's, it's got some famous actors, but it's literally, I'm pretty sure it's Michael and Gabriel, the archangels. Fighting each other because a human lady got pregnant and one side of the angels, I think, sent from God want to, like, kill the baby or something. And and he fights to protect it. He's like the fallen angel that fights for the humans and is the good guy, of course. And, you know, the one sent from God is the bad guy. And it's like. Yeah. And that's even. That's even like the city of angels with uh with Nicolas Cage. Isn't he a fallen angel that ends up falling in love with Meg Ryan in City oh, of Angels? Yeah, that's it been is. a long it time is. yet. Yeah, yeah that's, and he's yeah, that's the same kind of thing. That's what I'm saying. Like they use they copycat in doesn't matter major film or small budget film because you guys got to understand these guys understand how to tap into this. It's called automatic writing. Okay, and people do this like they literally pray to spirits and they do incantations and they get these spirits to give them information and actually a recent movie that i just watched about this was uh three thousand years of longing have you did you get to see that movie yet haven't seen it yet dude it's about a fallen djinn okay so they call him a djinn so of course they don't call him a demon so most people won't know exactly what he is unless they're religious because i believe in islam is that they call demons djinn right or or even Mm -hmm. him i think hinduism too yeah djinn is a common term for like another term for demon so if you heard the word djinn people say no it means genie and it's like That's the same thing. Yeah, in Christianity, they, a genie really and a jinn are a demon. Like, like yeah. anything that is manifested or that wants to be manifested through a ritual or a sacrifice or some type of, you know, human initiation. So that's why, like in these movies and these TV shows, they show you like in Hocus Pocus, okay, for instance, she puts a circle of salt around herself to keep the witches spirits. Cause they can't like overcome mm-hmm. salt, which that's kind of interesting in that movie because we're as the body of Christ are called the salt of the earth. So it's interesting, even in the Disney movie that like the, the witches, the ones that literally worship Satan, they put Satan in hocus pocus when they go to the dude's house and they're like master. And it's a dude dressed up like Satan. And so they're literally giving homage to their God. And then she's got the, I always dead. thought that was weird growing dude, up. I mean, so I get it, but it's like, yeah, if it, witches were real, you know, in which they are, they're, Oh, they're very real. Anybody that's like witches are just from Harry Potter. No, they've taken the concept of witches and witchcraft and they've blended it with entertainment so that Mm. you look at it and think that it's fake, but they see it and they understand the forces. And that's kind of directly back to the old. Like these people understand these deeper spiritual things is because this was documented. There's tons of books. There's, you know, like that's what the, essentially the ninth gate movie with Johnny Depp is about too, is him finding this old school book to literally bring and summon Satan himself. But you have to have all the like pieces together in order to do it. And so he's on a mission to find like the authentic copy of the one. But then through his discovery of researching all these like special books to summon Satan, he finds out that there's actually multiple books that are actually all authentic and that you need each one of them. They're each like keys 
in order to open the ninth gate. And so in that movie, it's spoiler alert. If you haven't seen it, right. the dude that ends up paying Johnny Depp is a super rich, wealthy, of course, like college professor that's teaching crazy stuff about deep history and esoteric nature. Yeah. That's the course that he's teaching. And then he obviously has a super big private library of books and all of these books that like Johnny Depp is like, wow, this is an impressive collection. And he's like, well, yeah, I've spent my whole life dedicating myself to this. So like this guy is talking, about, this is my life, like regardless of my teaching and my students, this mission to summon Satan is my true purpose. <laughs> and Johnny Depp is thinking he's crazy. And he's just like, what do I got to do? And he goes, you, you do whatever means necessary to get me this book or uh, make sure that these copies are authentic, like authentic and that mine's the real one so that I can know. And so that's the whole ninth gate movie is Johnny Depp going and trying to travel through Europe. And he's getting chased by a bunch of people. Cause these books are worth millions of dollars. Like right. that's how valuable they are. And so, yeah, that's the thing. They've got books, they've got things, and they tell you in movies. So yeah, you'll never see the light of day because it's probably in the Vatican, honestly. I, I'd i love to see the secret library of the Vatican and all the amount of wealth and uh, knowledge that they have amassed in their underground city. Like, Rome yeah. never truly died. Rome just took on a new face. Like, most tyrant, you know, conquering nations did. I mean, even England, like, you need to understand even the Revolutionary War. See, Americans are going to get really mad at me right now because they're going to be like, you, you anti-patriot. And it's like, well, when you understand <laughs> that the Revolutionary War was funded by the both, like the one party funded both sides. So see, even though there was a group of small men, just like there's always been with God and throughout history, trying to really fight for civilization and God and freedom, mm. there's a group of men that know if we can fund everything, AKA we provide all of the assets and the baseline to how this all gets generated. Then we are the masters of ultimately the destiny of that place or nation. And that's why the Rothschilds and the Rockefellers pretty much just went throughout history untouched with just using crazy scenarios of buying up resources and land and then creating these private banks so that they could literally destroy nations. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's how it's society's been controlled since the federal reserve system really has taken place in not just this country but lots of others is money it's always money dude mammon matthew 6 you need to choose your master on earth do you worship mammon and the earth and its worldly possessions or do you worship jesus christ and his heavenly possessions of you're not here to build up riches on earth because you leave it all to some other man. I <laughs> just realized that now. I'm not no saying money's evil either. No, no. And I've, I've said that countless times on my Instagram stories and even in podcasts before. Money is not evil. God doesn't say if you have money, it's evil. No, he says the love of money. It's when you're willing to literally sell your soul because that's what God says. What does it profit a man to gain the whole world yet lose his soul? You'd rather be a poor man on earth and then die and go to heaven and be rich in heaven where you live forever than live for a short time here and then die and lose it all. I mean, look at Steve Jobs. He built this great company and yet he didn't really even see where it's at now. Somebody else took it from him, whether that be his own family or another man with the same agenda, like no, no longer the thing that he created and that is essentially his creation on earth and his legacy yes his name's attached to it but he has nothing to do with it nobody talks about steve jobs today other than the guy that started it but everything that's going on today nobody thinks about steve jobs because he's dead and he yeah. was richest he was 
He had enough money to do anything he wanted, well, but he couldn't. All of us. And exactly. So we don't like talking about death necessarily in our podcast, but I also am in the boat of it's an important thing to remind yourself of every day because people are dying right now and people mm-hmm. are not planning on dying right now. Like there's somebody that just got in a car wreck that you don't have any idea. They went through their day like you go and then somebody unfortunately wasn't paying attention or something happened and accidents happen and that's the unfortunate part about god and his plan with sin is that we are not protected from the accidents even if god has our soul saved our our flesh is what what condemns us on on this like realm of reality like me and taylor both secure we both know we're going to heaven so we could both get struck by lightning right now and know that it's just our flesh dying and that our souls would be still alive, but we can't stop our flesh from being dead. And that's why it's important. I think as the body to talk about it, because I think with this movement of new age Christianity starting, that's literally embracing these mystery schools, ideology and blending it with Christianity. The whole point of what Christ came to do was to teach you to expand your consciousness and your mind and mm. be like god you see you do you see that do you see how that's happening today in well, the church? yeah and so that's the deception that the church needs to be aware of is now the mystery schools knowing that their stuff is out in the open people are waking up to it they understand the symbolism well now they're just going to try to merge it with god and say well this is what god actually meant and if somebody's not reading their bible and then doesn't understand the new age speak that they're implementing into the Bible or with God's word, you will be deceived into thinking like you're this Christ consciousness. Like you're, you're embracing yourself like Christ, like you will be like Christ, but it doesn't mean that we are ever going to be like Christ because he's God. So don't let anybody ever deceive you when they say like, Oh, it's about the Christ consciousness. That alone should throw up a red flag in your head that, they are trying to but yeah. Blend Anytime new- you start hearing consciousness, that's yes. that's the that's the key. You just have to be weary. It's the- a slippery slope from there, pretty much. That's that's the new age religion. Is that like mm-hmm. we're gonna evolve past even flesh now? So see, they've got people thinking that you're gonna merge with AI. I mean, this right now, as we speak, the FDA has approved elon musk use for neuralink in human testing like they're not quite there but I'm dude it's approved. that's gonna be like a i feel like that's gonna be such a it's literally daniel's vision it's literally well, the like Iron such Mix. a turning point in society but that's the thing is he's doing it with the monkeys right now dude you can go on youtube right now and type in elon musk neuralink monkeys and these monkeys are using computers now they're trained because they're animals you know what i mean so yes mm. we have to think that a human mind and a monkey mind see this is why i don't believe in evolution is because these monkeys they're obeying elon with this chip and they're learning like it's crazy what they're doing they're intelligent animals are smart like anybody that is a christian and doesn't believe in evolution doesn't deny the the fact that creation is very intelligent and very interlinked and oh animals they're in tune with things beyond what we are in tune with because they don't have that free will they're programmed animals are pretty much programmed well, to, to work off like of instinct, instinct yeah too, it's all exactly. instinct exactly it's mm-hmm. instinct we have instinct but we have the consciousness of mm-hmm. our instinct i know that i'm in trouble right now or i know that i need to not do this like i said that's how you can get a dog every time at the racetrack like you think these dogs are these are highly intelligent animals and, mm-hmm. and and bred to be doing what they're doing but all it takes is a little rabbit on a stick to make them 
run around and around and around and they don't have any consciousness of like they're just using me to to make money the dog don't know that and the dog will never know that hence you'll never see everything anything in the animal kingdom evolve from where it's at because animals are literally just instinctive programmed creation yeah and that gift of reason with if you believe in evolution that's what happened basically in evolution in their minds and so it's like animals obviously evolved to that last point and then they got that spark of reason which the mystery schools teach and that's when mankind evolved then and now we're apparently gonna evolve again is what the new agers think because we have to to save the planet because the humans are going to destroy it in their own words. And this goes right into the month that we're into, which unfortunately is going to probably tick some people off. But uh, I, I get a little bit offended when June comes around because we all know that it's pride month. And let's just get this out in the clear right now. If you're homosexual or you, you know, have issues with that stuff. I love you. I, hear it from me now. I, I'm not going to look at you and say, Oh, you, you deserve to go to hell because your sin of homosexuality or this sin that's being indoctrinated into society right now and pushed is no worse than the sexual sin of people committing adultery or cheating on their wife or, you know, looking at pornography. Like if you're looking at pornography and you want to go condemn a homosexual, you are worse. Some people say, what? No. And it's like, that's what God thinks. So don't, don't base off what I judge you as. I don't judge people and where they're going. Yes, I can judge your fruit. But that's the thing is I see too many people in the Christian community right now that want to, instead of help, try to get you know people in this community, the LGBTQ <laughs> community. I can't even say it because there's LG- so many. I'm not here to offend. Lost. I'm just here to say that this is a satanic agenda because look at, they call it pride month. Okay. What, where does the, the spirit of pride come from? It's literally the number one sin. Well, it is weird that it's like one of the seven deadly sins that people, you know, know about. And it's a whole month celebration for it. It's just kind of a weird symbolic thing. Like, it's good to have pride. But when you have way too much pride and are filled with pride, there's, well, there's a bunch of examples in the Bible about when that happens. Literally, if you just go right now on a piece of paper and write out Pride Month and then look what the middle says, it says demon. Oh, yeah, I've seen some of those graphics. It literally says demon. So they're telling you the agenda. And then what's worse is they stole a symbol. Maybe they don't necessarily, you know, steal the rainbow and have the rainbow completely but they use the color of the rainbow it's literally a covenant between god and mankind from the flood so here we are back at the beginning pride month we're literally engaging into something that is god's covenant as now perversion Mm -hmm. that's see this is what we're talking about why it's so hard to stay on topic and tell you about the old but also we can tell you about the new because this month is literally signifying and what it represents blasphemy against god and his covenant to mankind and so let's let's look at the bible verse right now in genesis 9 12 okay after the flood there appeared a rainbow and god said so genesis chapter 9 verse 12 and god said this is the token of the covenant which i make between me and you and every living creature that is with you for perpetual generations I do set my bow in the cloud and it shall be for a token of a covenant between me and the earth. All right. So when the, this community comes out and says that the, the rainbow color is theirs, 
They're liars. I'm sorry. And you need to understand you're stealing something that's biblically rooted. Oh, in yeah. They're the just beginning. trying to co-op something. I mean, because. It, and it's like everything. The sun even, you know. Well, it, it shows you the power of marketing and stuff because, yes. you know, this. How did this happen? Well, someone decided to pick that as the, you know, universal symbol. And I know it's the colors and they relate it somehow to all that kind of thing. But well, I've heard it's related to the esoteric chakra system. So like that's actually how they arrange their colors is according to the rainbow. But then you've got that part of the mystery school with the chakra system. I don't like getting into this stuff in the sense, but I got to make people aware of it. That's the whole point well, of right. watching is where mm -hmm. we don't, don't believe in chakra systems no. because not one time does Jesus or the Bible <laughs> talk about your chakra and the enlightenment. Well, that's part of, of the consciousness energy. thing. It gets that's back exactly to that it. Too. So, see, you need to know there's so many branches of this stuff that have been implemented into society, religion, art, whatever it is. There, that's what it is. It's a big blending. Like we're in a big mm -hmm. blender right now, and that's what Satan wants. Because in a blender, when I put put a smoothie into a blender, I see the strawberries, I see the blueberries, I see the different aspects of everything but once you blend it all up you don't know what's what you know you just know it's all in there but you mm. have no idea visually so if you hand somebody a blender full of the smoothie fruit without blending it they'll say oh i know four different fruits are in here like they can easily discern what's going on in the blender but then you hand it to them blend it and say what's in this smoothie well they got to taste it now smell mm. it maybe and maybe they'll come out with the understanding that it's a bunch of different things in this one drink but if you weren't shown it and now you're having to go off these other senses, which are not nearly as powerful as the visual sensation, you'll be so easily just say, well, I don't care what's in the blender. Like, I'll just take what I like. If it's a good drink, then I'll drink it. You know what I mean? And that's a weird analogy, but I just like, came to my mind because it does, like Taylor said, that visual marketing and that representation is how Satan works. And that's the light. Like that's the light mm -hmm. of him. That is the light of Satan and how he uses production and lights and cameras and movie magic mm -hmm. to deceive our, our eyes. And our eyes are already deceiving. Cause like the way our eyes even work, the cones in our eyes, like it's reflecting, we're reflecting images upside down into our brain. Like it is so crazy when you actually get into the scientific part about how our eyes and our ocular nerves connected to our brain and how that stimulates the brain well, that's why it's impossible to think that that all just evolved and happened like <laughs> exactly i mean there's a few animals that like they literally shouldn't be alive because in order for them to function and live they would need all the necessary parts to live and continue to live and not naturally adapt or evolve over time if they didn't have that certain trait and so it's really amazing. And like, I don't really want to tangent into that right now, but it is amazing. Right. There are some animals, like animals in general, that evolution can't explain because they shouldn't, like dead things can't evolve. That's also what's interesting is like, how does something learn that it needs a better quality or trait when it's going to die from not having that initially? How do you just like, mm -hmm. like, you know what I mean? Like they say over time it learns, but how does something that's dead learn that it needs that, you know, if it wasn't able to survive? So that's the amazing thing about that. But yeah, even evolution is going to tie into everything because we're going to actually watch a couple clips here in a little bit about Bill Cooper and his show, The Hour of the Time. I actually wanted to do this last episode by I'm getting into the YouTube now where we can present more YouTube videos or just like pieces of audio that we want to listen to and have you hear so that you know that like this was a man in his I was still a baby when this guy was talking about the stuff we're talking about. So see, 
It's just you're willing to like go and dig into what other people have already been blown. There's been many watchmen mm-hmm. before us, many, many, and there's still well, are I many. Think he, yeah, he, there were people before him, obviously, but it just like was very, very like niche, you know. It, and then it kind of starts to come out, and then with media, internet. That's what was information can get out. So when that really happened, like YouTube, where you could kind of just post a video of anything, even if it was like random enough and not like, I would just sometimes watch videos with pictures, like just slideshows of YouTube videos. Like I'd read everything on YouTube, but it would be like a slideshow presented. It'd have music playing and it would have music in the background Mm -hmm. or something. Exactly. So there's still plenty of stuff because YouTube is so big. That's why I hate promoting it. But at the same time, there's nothing like it because nothing has ever existed like YouTube. I mean, there's tons of there's rumble now, you know, you got Odyssey, Mm -hmm. you got all these like little ones that are trying and they're doing a good job. But because YouTube is so old, and because the archive list is so old, this is why I tell people too, you need to understand words. If you can, if you want to find something, you need to know the right words to search now. Like that's the unfortunate part of the society we live in with the, you know, suppression mm-hmm. and the, trying to whitewash this stuff and make it less accessible is that you need to know certain words. Like we said, chakra, you know, consciousness, uh mm-hmm. christ consciousness like there's some key words that you can look up and then like you add deception to them and then you might be able to find now instead of things that are promoting that you'll find the opposite so you just got to be careful about how you search and look up things and that's a skill that you'll learn as you get into investigating like anything like you learn oh yeah how to well you hear better. a word and you get you that's know, the curious thing. about it and you just go research it and sometimes it leads to nothing and sometimes but it's like then you've learned something when i see a word in the bible i don't understand or i want to like talent like i i knew what a talent was but when you actually go and study what the word talent is a lot of people associate it with like with today's word of talent Mm -hmm. like you've got a skill or you've got something and a talent was actually the weight of something when the bible's talking about so see it's like the money it was a, the weight of the money. So like a talent was a scale, like something that was weighed, like the weight of something, you know? So yes, it was a physical good, but the way it was used in the context of the Bible isn't how we would like, if so you said, Hey, I have a talent. Someone would say, Oh, mm. what is it? You know what I mean? Like they wouldn't ask, Oh, what's the weight of it? So that's where you need to understand words. And it's really important that while you're studying the Bible, if you come across the word or you even come across something you don't understand fully, why continue forward and leave that piece kind of un, unturned when you can maybe gain a deeper understanding of what's going to come after that word was spoken in the Bible to gain a better sense? Like, so when I actually, when I, cause I read the King James. And so a lot of people say, well, the King James is outdated. No, it's not. You just got to go look up what some words mean. If you don't understand it or haven't heard it, they're not. It's archaic. Like, yeah, it's like a, like raw outdated language look Roth. at how quickly language adapts nowadays yeah, too well, just I mean, with all the slang and stuff we don't speak yeah. anything close to proper english so yeah no. it feels like a different language does people know what the term wrath is when the bible says god was wroth that oh. means he was very angry mm-hmm. he was very mad yeah. and now you wouldn't say that today you wouldn't say i'm wroth at you <laughs> you know i'm i'm so wroth at you it sounds archaic but the Bible is translating archaic text and it's trying mm. to make the best interpretation, not the interpretation of the time, but what the actual times of when the word was written, what does that mean? And that's why I personally like the King James translation is because 
these men were great scholars. And when you read about the Protestant Reformation and all this, like that's a whole, oh, that's years of podcasting. <laughs> that's years of podcasting, seriously, to get into like what Bible, mm -hmm. this and that, how the translations came. But that's beside the point. Words are such a, an important tool for a human to understand, not only within the context of their time, but the context of when they're reading something, whether that be the Bible or an ancient text or a document. You don't want to take what you think a, t a word means. You need to research and see what that word means at the time when it was translated. Therefore, you're now getting the translation of what was being said during the time. And then you're not putting this confusion. Right, you're and contextualizing that's how it. it Exactly. And so I think that's where a skill that like a lot of Christians just don't have or practice. Well, unfortunately, a ton of scripture gets taken out of context too. You know, it gets twisted problem. and manipulated and then people use it for their own agenda, which is, you know, one of the worst things you can do is twist the word of God and use it to your own agenda. And I mean, that's kind of what new age does. You know, they basically say that Jesus is fine as long as you don't believe he's the only way. And it goes back to that mentality of man is being influenced by something else other than himself because Satan was in the garden and influenced man to fall. So therefore he knows that he can influence every single piece of creation from the time of the fall. Satan knows I have this power and God's like, yeah, I've allowed it because this is essentially the free will, but I'm going to interject my plan into your now, you know, plan that you've created against me. And we see this in Isaiah chapter 14 and in verse 12, it says, how art thou fallen from heaven? O Lucifer, son of the morning, how art thou cut down to the ground, which didst weaken the nations for thou hast said in thine heart, I will ascend into heaven. I will exalt my throne above the stars of God. I will sit upon also the Mount of the congregation in the sides of the North. I will ascend above the heights of the cloud. I will be like the most high. And what does God tell him in verse 15? Yet thou shalt be brought down to hell to the sides of the pit. <laughs> yeah, a lot of people on that column try to say that like he's trying to reference a man and not actually Lucifer. And it's like a man wasn't cut down from the sky and weakened the nations. No. That's... Well, no, and you and you know because in Revelation when it talks about the great dragon, the deceiver, Satan has many names. He's the snake, Satan, well, the father of yeah, lies, the deceiver, the, the, yeah, the deceiver, exactly. the enemy. I mean, he has many different names and many different forms because he doesn't play by the same rules. Well, and, and what is it really in the end? It's death. It's he's, death. And that's because he has spiritual chosen death. spiritual death. Exactly. And so you got to understand we're trying to warn people about this stuff is because he's got the same influence over the nations today as he well, did back in dude, the time right now in Isaiah. There's a good verse that talks about like, you should be more afraid of the like spiritual death and the physical death. Mm -hmm. Don't fear the one that can kill the body, but fear the one that can kill the body and yeah. the soul. Um, but yeah, no, seriously, is this, see how we're back and forth the whole podcast, but it's easily relatable and we can flow into all of this is because we've taken the time to see these connections from this stuff that we're seeing on earth right now and these ideologies and these mysteries, and we're just applying them to the Bible. Mm -hmm. And so Matthew 10, 28, and fear not them which kill the body, but are not able to kill the soul but rather fear him, which is able to destroy both soul and the body in hell. Well, yeah. This is Jesus speaking. That, yes. Oh yeah. This like, is all. Um, yeah. The, this is the ultimate authority talking right now. So just saying, if he says you should worry about something, you might want to take heed. 
the words in red when I read the Bible, I take super serious, dude. Like I take all the prophets and Moses and all them mm -hmm. and what they had to say serious because they were being literally inspired by God to say and do what they did. So it's essentially God speaking through man. And that's what we're trying to teach people is that like anybody can be used by God. He uses ordinary people. He doesn't use the most righteous man or he said he, he came to be with the sinner, not the saint. He sat with the sinners. Right. He sat with the Gentiles. He didn't sit with the Pharisees. And those were the religious men. Those were the men that were supposed to know who he was. Well, I think he sat with them too, but they just didn't accept him kind of thing. Well, yeah, they wanted to kill him. So why would you want to sit with somebody that wants to murder you? <laughs> well, and you go, or you, it's like Nicodemus at the dead of night up on top of the roof because he doesn't want to be seen. He's a, he's a coward. He wasn't one of the chance. active. Yeah, because like mm -hmm. I said, this is and this is why you actually see Jesus in the Bible preaching outside so much is because every time he went in the temple to try and talk, it would get so crowded that he would literally have Pharisees in there watching him. And as soon as he slipped up or said something mm. that they thought was wrong, see, they didn't agree with that he was God. And so he's trying to tell them, I'm the authority here. I'm the one that runs the temple. And they're like, no, no, we are. And so if he said something, they're like, he deserves to be stoned. And then they start stirring up the crowd, kind of like a riot or something. And they're getting people all riled up and saying, look at what this man's saying. This is what the law of Moses says. And he's like, I'm sitting here quoting the law of Moses. Like I am the law of Moses, but see, he couldn't get himself trapped in those temples too much because they literally many times oh, yeah. you see in Mark in Mark a lot. Mark's like saying, and Jesus was in the temple. And then all of a sudden he dipped out. Like he, he ran away because it was like, dude, I'm, it's not time for me to die right now. But if I get myself cornered, like I will die. And so outside was easier for Jesus to a preach to more people and have more people gather. And then B, he didn't put himself kind of boxed in. So he really did want to preach in the temple. That was, that's his, that's his, you know, but the Pharisees being these religious men of, you know, Rome pretty much like, yeah, they say they're for God, but they're under Rome's thumb with the, you know, rulership mm -hmm. of Caesar. I mean, even when they tried to trap Jesus and tell him like, what do you think about money and, and giving taxes and stuff? And he goes, well, give me a coin whose face is, is on it. And they go, well, it's Caesar's. And he goes, well, render what to Caesar, what's Caesar's. Right. You know what I mean? So they're always trying to set a trap for him. So Oh, they tried to trap him all the time, of course. They just wanted one, you know, time to be able to accuse Well, they wanted him to stone him. Yeah, they wanted mm. to kill him, which they ultimately, that's what they got. And why they got him was because he said, I am. And so when people say that God or Jesus didn't say he was God, that was the reason the Pharisees killed him. So you're clearly not reading your Bible. Or you're not understanding what Jesus said when they said, are you the son of God? And he said, I am. Mm -hmm. And when he said that, they said, blasphemy like nobody can be god you know especially in the flesh as a man like you you are not god and now you deserve the worst punishment that we can essentially give a human being which is the crucifixion like that is evil to crucify somebody if you understand like why somebody would be crucified not just because it's ta attached to religion or you know whatever well yeah there are tons no. of people crucified throughout history I exactly I mean, it's it not just... just like special to jesus like the crucifixion was a torturous way to kill somebody because mm -hmm. what's interesting about the crucifixion and jesus and how he actually quickly he died after he got crucified was that it was meant to torture you into death mm -hmm. because the way they nailed your hands in obviously so you're sitting there your whole body weight's hanging from nails and your feet are well, yeah you in. would like basically suffocate 
And that's why, yeah, exactly. So you see like in movies and stuff, they'll put his feet on a block and then they nail the mm-hmm. feet into a block. That's because now instead of your feet dangling and you having like an open passageway, they're essentially crunching up your stomach and your abdomen so that you can't breathe while you're hanging up there with your hands above your head. So you're literally suffocating <laughs> into death. Like, yeah, it's a terrible way to die. Like there's tons of bad yeah. ways to die, but this was seriously one of the most barbaric and evil things that you could do to a human being, even if they deserved it. And Jesus obviously did not deserve it. So he endured the worst and he took a beating before it too. The punishment is like, we'll just whip him, you know, whip him for what you want, but then Mm -hmm. yeah. Yep. And give him his lashes and then let him go. But they're like, that's not enough. Like we want him killed. And literally he got passed between leaders. I mean, this is even the evil leaders. They they could not find murderer over him to rabbits too. Yes. Yes. So that's what tells you like when humans are like, Oh, religious people, they, they just, they, they just love believing in stories. It's like humans don't actually choose God when it comes down to choosing him over the world or what they think is right. When they had God in the presence about it's kind of crazy that the Jewish people, the tribes were, you know, kind of the reason that jesus got crucified and they were the chosen tribes of jesus you know of god well and that's kind of like, goes into today like obviously jew and gentile that kind of distinction is no more in the in the grace no. of god and his eyes it doesn't matter whether you're jew or gentile but he's got an everlasting covenant from the old testament with the jews hence going back to the old is important to understand the future and revelation which i think a lot of people don't talk about because they don't want to get into the anti-semitic of being like that's it the jews are the you know this or that like because if you start talking about jews then all of a sudden you know you start saying bad things about them you're now an anti-Semitic, but see, I'm not here to knock the Jews. I'm just here to tell you that the Jews that you think are Jews, the Bible has already called out that they're actually the synagogue of Satan. Okay. Mm-hmm. And so when you understand when people are knocking the Jews, like kind of like Kanye was now, he went off a little bit without like, I'm trying to make you understand. I have nothing against Jewish people. And guess what? God has a promise with them. So Jewish people that want to believe that their Messiah has not come yet. He will profess himself to them in 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 a way that they will understand and know but that's the thing is when you read the revelation of john on the island patmos there's a very special period of time for the jews in the end times and that would be the tribulation because essentially what's going to happen without getting too deep into that book because that's that's a whole nother (laughs) hour of itself the tribulation is god's promise to bring Mm. the jews back to him You need to understand when you read Revelation, it is particularly for Jews in Israel, because what they're going to do is they're going to take the Antichrist and they're going to put him in the temple and say that the tribulations for everybody. No, it is. But like, it's good because you remember he talks about the tribes in Israel, like goes back to tribes and the 144,000 and stuff. So there's a very specific like group of people that God is trying to tell us about in Revelation. And I couldn't essentially tell you exactly what that means. Everyone will go. It's the unbelievers, essentially. That's Mm. what it is. But that's why the Jews will go through tribulation and why a lot of people get confused with the church age and the age of tribulation and what it's actually for. And that's to bring God's people back to him. But unfortunately, he's going to put them through the craziest time on earth ever. And that's what we're here to do is tell people like, you don't want to go through that period. And it doesn't matter whether the rapture or whatever you believe pre-trib. Pre- I don't care about that stuff because I could die tomorrow. And then I don't really care about any of that. Like I'm literally mm-hmm. in heaven or hell. And that's the point of being a watchman is you're not here to tell people about the future of 
I know this or I know that. No, a watchman didn't blow a false horn. He didn't say, I th- oh, I thought somebody was coming. You know what I mean? Like, no, <laughs> he waited till he seen the trouble and then he started blowing the trumpet. Mm-hmm. We got too many watchmen on the tower that are drinking the wine and going, oh, oh wait, uh, I was wrong. I, there wasn't anything. It was just a, it was just a shadow, you know, or just saying yep. Christ is coming on. If You'll never hear a date from me. You'll never hear a date from Taylor. Anybody that's associated with us that we like bring into the space. Well, and that's not what it's about is trying to predict the date. No, it's not. Tribulation is literally to bring people back to God because it is a it is a message. It's a message that if you're trusting in this beast system that will rise and that we see with everything rising right now, the mark of the beast, which I couldn't tell you essentially a hundred percent sure, but I'm pretty sure it says something will be in your right hand and in your forehead. And now we've got the neurological chip going into the brain, which essentially will make you a robot and be able to upload information to the cloud. And then you've got a microchip that you can just put into your hand that we can literally. Well, what's crazy is you'll be like a cyborg. You'll be a yes. living organism with an AI processor. That's and it's sweet. like you're connected to the network at that point, obviously, because it's not computer technology. So it's just kind of wild to think because it's going to. It's going to create different like sects of society. I feel like of superhuman quote unquote people when they I mean, have that, AI versus a normal human. I really like, think you, that it's not. I think it's more like surrogate, the movie with Bruce Willis, where they get everybody to lay in a pod like player ready one. And now you've got like this digital uploaded world that you go and interact in. And they got people so scared to leave their house to real like that's a crazy movie, dude, because that's essentially what it is. Like you have a clone version of yourself that goes out yeah, into I the real world. Like and, one of those possibilities, it's just kind of down the road a little bit. Oh, yeah, down the road. But that's the first thing they want people to do is start uploading their consciousness. And mm-hmm. you see with all kinds of crazy movies, even the movie with Johnny Depp. I, what is the movie where he uploads himself to a computer? Johnny Depp? Yeah, oh, Johnny, yeah. yeah. Yeah, dude. And then you've got Vanilla Sky with uh, Tom Cruise, where he literally enters and puts himself into an a alternate dream state, like in cryogenics. And then by the end, spoilers, this movie, mm. this, spoilers. I mean, these are movies, though, that you need to watch, not because you, you like want to be entertained. You need to see what they're trying to tell you they want and what they want humans to like progress to the next thing. That is literally the, the job of the mystery schools is to keep things a mystery, but also unlock mysteries as you further into their school of thinking like Scientology. Mm. He got everybody into that because. He kept releasing volumes of his books and it kept people wanting more. And so he said, well, if you want to know the next stage of progress in Scientology, you got to buy the book. Mm -hmm. And so that's where humans like they're always searching for this enlightenment or this truth, like whatever it be that you think in life, something will make you feel like it is true and then bring your mind and your heart into it. And then you begin to indulge and you begin to believe that's the thing with all those secret societies is you basically pay money to advance through the ranks. Yes. You know, that's, that's, the, a, that's that, the true language they speak. And it's like, and that's the one good thing about the churches, you know, obviously they're still free. Cause I feel like once a church starts charging anything just to hear the gospel, you know, it's a free message. It's a free gift. No exactly. one needs to pay anything for it. And yeah. So, and so I think, With that, you know, we've been here and there, but like I said, this is what we're talking about. Like the flood 
has plenty of relevance today, not because God's going to flood the earth, but because the symbol that we see being used for perversion in mm. Pride Month literally goes back to a covenant. This isn't just, I really could care less about the rainbow or what symbol they use, but the fact that they're using a covenant from God to make this month and use it to promote these really crazy agendas, which, you know what? Whatever you choose to do sexually, truly, I don't care. Like, I don't care because it's probably a sin. And you just looking at pornography as the average person, if you've looked at it, you're just as bad. So remember that when you well, go and judge it's somebody. It's just Satan causing division is exactly, what it really is. Exactly, dude. Exactly. And so really I'm, I'm not here to knock the community. I want to help the community and help them see that the only reason I'm truly against homosexuality, truly, Taylor, and anybody listening, it doesn't create life. Like, population will not go on. But and yet, I have, you know, it's like you can still get along with those people just because yeah. oh, you I, disagree with them. That's the thing. Have, people, it's like, if you disagree with me, I have. Yeah. No, I'm just saying like the exactly. world. Because Even the Christians. I'm, 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 I'm mad at Christians well, right now, actually. Christians the judgmental the Christians. I see it too many times where they're in the streets and they're sitting there chanting with, you know, a crazy perverted sign that's literally just meant to attack right at the heart and doesn't give them any help they just say you're gonna burn in hell like if you're a christian doing that you need to recheck your faith like right now <laughs> like i won't hang out with you if you're gonna go and do stuff like that. if you tell me to go to one of those things and i see you doing that i will leave immediately because that is not what god calls us to do is to push hate i want people when they listen to my podcast and say oh look at this because you know there's gonna be people listen and be like oh these guys are transphobes homophobes what like whatever the the name that they'll put on me just like conspiracy theorists i don't care because at the end of the day if you actually listen to what i'm saying i love everybody i truly mm -hmm. pray for everybody i yep. want people to stop sinning in the sense of you never will stop sinning but when you become a member of the body of Christ, which is what it means when you join, you know, you give your life to Jesus, you now become part of a family. You don't want to mislead the family. You don't want to go against what the family wants. And who's the who's the dad? It's God. So when you're in a family, you listen to your father. And that's what you want to do, because you know that he's just trying to look out for your life. Anybody with a good father right now or that's been blessed with a great father, which Remember, if you have good parents, even if you don't see eye to eye with them, count your blessings, because mm. literally that is one of the greatest blessings that God could ever give you on earth is two parents or two people or somebody to care about you. Because unfortunately, there's lots of people that are born into these mystery schools. And guess what? They're just a number. They're just another kid or they're just unfortunately, they're just another tool to keep the generational cycle of control going on. So I actually feel bad, like personally, with parents. I'm, is like oh yeah and it's see, invaluable really. and so that's why like right now people are so mad about hunter biden yeah he's made a bunch of stupid choices and this dude is very uh perverted but look at I his dad believe that look at his dad though so. uh, of course yeah of course then nothing's gonna happen you know that's why I we have to expose that reality i'm not expecting it to happen there's probably gonna be something happen but it's gonna be a great deception and that's what i want people to also look out for like the way they're going to they're gonna break things is with the kids. And that's why it's such a huge thing right now with everything. doesn't matter whether about Pride Month or the transgender stuff or whatever. Just kids in general and the like sexualization or the, the demoralizing of children. Like I was literally at a at a party, a birthday party. OK, and. It was a little bit disturbing to hear one of the kids, these little kids, tiny kids like they barely were able to talk. 
there's a game that you play on the trampoline. I don't know if you ever played on a trampoline, but I actually played this game as a kid. It was called Dead Man, Dead Man, where one person lays in the middle of the trampoline and they act like they're dead. And then the other people on the trampoline go around. And they say, dead man, dead man, come alive, come alive at the count to five. And then you like get up in the middle and you try to like touch somebody. OK, it's just a stupid trampoline game. It was Dead Man, Dead Man when I was a kid. I hear these kids playing and I'm just playing with my son and I hear these kids on the trampoline and the kid starts yelling out dead baby, dead baby. I'm like, what, what, why is a child yelling out dead baby, dead baby? Where, when did the dead man, which probably isn't good, but well, yeah, I was going to say, baby's dead, a little it bit. Sound, it sounded like a chant. Oh, it's, oh, it's probably, like, Oh yeah. Uh, all these. Dude. And when you look at these child nursery rhymes and oh, stuff and yeah. all the child, that's see, that goes now deeper into Disney and his obsession with Alice in Wonderland and who wrote Alice in Wonderland. Lewis Carroll, okay? You just do a mm-hmm. day research on Lewis Carroll. This dude was weird and he was sick. Like, but he lived in a time where it was not looked upon. Like, he actually did. So he worked at Oxford and mm. he was a really private guy. I don't even want to get into it because, like, literally, but Walt Disney is obsessed with Alice in Wonderland. That's one of the biggest, that was one of his biggest creations. And, and he even did an animated short film on Alice in Wonderland, like one of those stop film animations before Mm -hmm. the movie even. So he really had a big obsession with Alice in Wonderland. So that kind of throws up a red flag right away because you look at who created Alice in Wonderland. You're like, why would anybody be obsessed with this guy in this story? Like it's a very, it's about a little girl that he literally had an obsession with and would take very uh, risque photos. Pinocchio. Pinocchio mm-hmm. is the is the is the super mo- old story. That's not like this. Even Disney says it. No. But even in Disney, oh my gosh, it's so perfect, dude. In Disney, Pinocchio yeah. gets persuaded by the fox, and who's the fox? The deceiver. He's trying to tell Pinocchio that he can be rich and famous, and so he deceives him into going and leaving his parents. Going into the show and going into the show entertainment, and then the guy says, "Oh, you're fantastic! You'll be a wonderful star." And he gives Pinocchio a fake coin because Pinocchio has no mm-hmm. idea about the value of money and what he's actually got himself into and jiminy cricket is the worst consciousness ever let's just put that out in the well, space right can't now stop That's the thing. <laughs> no but jiminy was supposed to in the movie be stopping him from doing that stuff but well, yeah but it's, it's kind of conscience it's, it's a, true it's a representation of people don't always listen to their conscience even when it's selling them the right thing to do it's true but jiminy actually abandons pinocchio in that movie unlike god god's always with you trying to warn you with the holy spirit and i actually haven't read the book pinocchio for a long time and i know it actually ends it actually ends with Pinocchio getting hung by a tr- in a tree by the fox because they like want to kill Pinocchio. So it's actually a really perverted story because I guess the author's intention was to show kids like if you don't listen to your parents, you'll probably get hung and killed. Like it was really radical and it was kind of scare kids. You know, that's the way they describe the authors. But when you mm-hmm. actually read it, it's very dark and perverted and it's you wonder why it became one of the most famous children's stories throughout the whole world not just america and disney like this these books are like world renowned books that are uh, right you know wallace and Wonder. i think is the most i I don't know if it's that or pinocchio but one of those books is the most translated children's book in all of the world and like it has multiple languages so this isn't just like an american disney or kid thing this is like a cultural it's like cult classic type of deal. Like it hits on culture and hits mm-hmm. on different aspects that people can relate to. And that's why it gains so much like almost nostalgia every single year and never dies. It just kind of continues to grow this nostalgia of how this style was. 
But you look into these styles of art and all this perverted crap, it's dark and twisted. And it usually ends with some type of sacrifice, whether that be the child losing a parent or a loved one or the child himself getting sacrificed. Like it oh, always yeah. comes back to well, sacrifice. Yeah sacrifice and not like you said not death in general and death exactly and so yeah pinocchio gets taken to pleasure island where all the good boys go and they get uh to do whatever they want but they never leave as boys and that it's a weird movie like there's peter pan there's a peter pan yes and that goes into the god pan so see we can content mm. is not the issue here it's trying to keep it all movies of disney that are pretty deep really like deep movies but they're cartoons so you know those older stories had like a lot of craziness to their stories but like kind of I mean, having some deeper meaning well they get twisted by the mystery yes. schools and they use yes. those films so yeah i think that gets really right into what we want to talk about with bill cooper and he's got a series called the hour of the time we've talked about that before he started a radio show kind of like what we're doing and he's talking about all the crazy stuff in the mystery schools and trying to get people to understand what it means and so i think it'd be good to just listen to like 10 minutes of his show that he started because he really was hyper focused into what he was trying to do and what he was trying to expose so with that let us watch the hour of the time by bill cooper and this is the first one of the first episodes that he did and it's about mystery babylon and it's called the dawn of man enjoy this short 10 minutes of bill cooper speaking and telling you about the movie 2001 space odyssey how the mystery schools put their religion into that whole entire movie to for people to understand and that are well versed and you'll hear him talk about that so i think it's just a really great thing to listen to him talk about it because he really does sum it up you know in a great way so with that let us listen to bill cooper welcome to the hour of the time i'm your host william cooper when i first saw the movie 2001 i was amazed, awed, to say the least. The entire scope of the movie was overpowering and for most of the people of the world was completely baffling. Most people who saw that movie did not understand from beginning to end what it was that they had experienced, but they knew, everyone who saw it, knew that they had experienced something profound that something had been communicated to the dark, deep recesses of their mind, which they did not understand, and indeed, which they were incapable of understanding. For you see, the movie was not meant for the profane, as most of us are called, by the adepts or the initiates or the priests of the mystery schools. For that movie was a message to those initiates who were well-versed in the symbology and the mystery religion of an ancient religion that is practiced to this day in secret. Now I'm going to tell you the meaning of the symbology that you saw in the movie 2001, and then each and every listener should go to their local video rental store and watch the movie again from beginning to end. For it is the story of the entire human race 
according to the history of the mystery religion of ancient Babylon. Now I can assure you that you will not understand any of what you are going to hear without ample preparation and without a basic understanding in the symbology of the ancient religion. And you're going to get that. And this is going to be a series of programs that will, in fact, take probably many hours to complete. But let me just go over the symbology of the movie 2001 quickly with you. And then we will go back to the very beginning, to the first primitive human probably sitting on his haunches, munching upon some vegetable, watching the sunrise in the east. In the beginning of the movie 2001, most people who sat in the theater were struck by the imagery which was presented to them. As they saw first a dark and gray and ugly world, and as that world began to move down from the center of the screen, they saw behind it a moon. And as the moon began to come down with the world that was sinking to the lower part of the screen, behind it you saw the emergence of the sun. What you were witnessing was an eclipse of the sun, partial eclipse. And as the light from the sun spilled across the edge of the moon, it took the shape of the boat of Isis. And the sun, of course, for anyone who has studied the Osirian cycle, became Osiris. And the symbology was Osiris riding across the heavens upon the boat of Isis. Now this will all have much deeper meaning to you as we progress toward your education in the ancient mystery schools, which are today known by many different names, and we will get to some of those names as we go along. This signified, of course, the creation of the universe and of the world. And what we saw next was a barren plain, nothing growing, barren rocks, barren desert, and then we saw the sun begin to rise in the east over the horizon, signifying the birth of the world. All right. Dude. That's a that's a lot right there. And people that are watching, they're going to listen to this, and they're just going to be like, what the heck was that? And that's exactly what he's talking about. He literally well, he told said you, that himself he right he before it, it went. He said he was – you're going to have no idea what I'm talking about. And that's why we're doing what we're doing is because we're just trying to keep his message alive because we don't want what he was trying to do to be in vain. And we don't want people to get lost and caught up into these films, into these crazy things that they're actually telling us in these films or these different forms of entertainment. And that's where me and Taylor are also like why we like watching movies or like seeing the spin on movies. We believe that Stanley Kubrick, Maybe he sold out in the beginning to because he got recruited and like anybody, they're trying to make their dream come alive. And then all of a sudden somebody comes along and says, hey, we like what you're doing and they pay you a big sum of money. And then all of a sudden you're in, you know, and you don't think anything of it. And then all of a sudden you're trying to make like 
three more movies and they're like, well, this is what we want now. And you're like, wait, this is how it goes. I thought I had the creative direction. I'm the producer. I'm the one that's doing this, you know? And so I think that's where Stanley met his match with Hollywood and the government's involvement and like what they wanted to do. And so he said, okay, well, if you guys want me to push an agenda, I'll push it, but I'll put so much deepness into it that you will think that I'm actually not exposing you with it, but I'm actually exposing you. And anybody that actually knows what I'm trying to do in my film knows that I'm actually trying to wake people up to this. And I truly believe there was a point in his career where he began making film that way. And, and he's a huge well, person in Hollywood. Oh, and I have, was, yeah. One of the biggest directors, this, this movie, day. this movie that Bill's talking about right now, 2001 space odyssey, Mm-hmm. this broke like this was like the modern day avatar type of like with the way james i think it was james cameron right that did avatar um yeah um the way because the way they filmed avatar that was a whole new camera system like the way they were able to shoot like the camera was showing that like the world that they were actually green screening and like it was just the way they were able to implement these new techniques of the way they've shot film and produced these things with the effects and stuff pretty much just are continuous building blocks of what stanley did because stanley really pushed the limit with this 2001 space odyssey which most people will watch this movie like it's heavily attached to like a community a, a small niche of people whether that be that they're into psychedelics or something like that Or like I said, this is one of those movies that's considered a cult classic because it has a much deeper meaning to the film than like when you would sit down and watch this movie, if you didn't know like what we're talking about or what Bill's trying to talk about, you'd literally just think this is a really weird movie. Like truly, it's a weird movie. Even just taking it at face value. Yeah. The beginning scene that this is talking about, (laughs) it's got like classical music playing and it's kind of slow paced and then. Like you said, you see these really horrible looking what they're supposed to look like monkeys. Oh my gosh, they look so bad. And yeah, it's just strange. And this is, but in the mystery schools, like this is kind of, like you said, the story of how it came to be for them. And so they're talking how man used to be a monkey or like in the mystery schools, how we were in the dark and not knowing information about the heavenly. And once the sun passed over these monkeys or the creations they began to see that they were now not just in the creation but they were a part of it that could function and that's the whole point monolith the black monolith has a big you know the black cube which is kind of you know yeah that has that's the gift of reason that's what they're signifying is because then he picks up the bone and he starts swinging it and hitting it and he realizes oh i can use this as a tool and then those monkeys that were guarding the water goes over and kills them. And then it's like, uh-oh, you know, the bullies like run away basically after he murders them. And then they start ruling the other tribe of fake monkeys. And so, yeah, these mystery religions and these schools, like this is what they believe. And this is why they put it in film is so that they can project it to others or see how, you know, others can see the symbolism and the signs that they're talking about. And man, it's just so crazy how much indoctrination really goes into all of this stuff and how much you look at evolution and this idea about being God and that we're created from magical space dust or whatever it is or aliens create us like it's just this continuous agenda it seems like being pushed 
not only right now in our modern day age, but just like I said, even in the old times, the old days, like the story he was talking about with Osiris and Isis and the worship of the sun. This is the origin. This is Satan using his influence on mankind to quote unquote show that he is God, that he is the God of this earth. Because remember, he fell from heaven. He fell, as we read in Isaiah, he fell from heaven because he lost his place because he tried to overthrow the creator. Now, that's where I try to tell people, you can't overthrow the creator. You cannot ever overcome. That's why essentially we all die is because none of us are God and can keep ourselves from coming from that. Because if we could, or if we found the true fountain of youth or whatever it is that we all want to believe that keeps us young and alive forever, it'll never happen because we are not God. We are not in the same realm of God. And so Satan being made in the quote unquote the realm of God and not like humans, but still having his choice, he deceived a third of the angels in heaven. Now, these are things that are in the presence of God and his glory and helping him create essentially. And, you know, whatever's happening in the in the realm that we cannot see on earth, they understand everything. They know it. And they still rebelled and followed this fallen angel of light, Lucifer, Satan, the snake, the dragon. So many people will argue and say that it's Satan's not who he is or say that the name's Lucifer. Like I said, it's just more division. It's just it, more division is what Satan always wants, because the more division you have, the less clear the truth becomes. And the less easier it is to find truth, the more people you can catch in the snare. So that's why Jesus had to come and do what he did and and made such a huge impact on people because he said, I, I'm the truth, the way, and the life. Nobody comes to the Father except through me. And so when people heard that, they're like, wait, so you're essentially saying that you are the truth and you set me free from my transgression. So that's the, the biggest tool that we can give you right now in your investigative research or if you take this stuff and want to pursue it different look into it read it both sides of it the good and the bad and then you can make a better decision about what it's actually trying to do and that's what watchmen are here to do is just watch see and blow the trumpet when you see trouble and trouble is at the gate we we see it and that's why we're blowing the trumpet and we just want others to get on on watch with us so that we can get as many people as we can to see hey you don't need to be living in fear every single day when you have god he is not the author of fear or confusion. He's the author of love, grace, hope, and joy. All right. Thank you so much for tuning in and we will see you at the next one. All right. Take care, buddy. Until next time. God thank bless you, everybody. Yeah, God bless everybody. And thanks again for tuning in and have a wonderful rest of your night. Thanks for tuning in. To know the duty of a watchman, please read Ezekiel 33. Join the movement today. Follow on Instagram at Watchman Inc. For more details, content, and community interaction, links in the description. God bless.